Broncos defense, third and five. Trips wide side left, single receiver. That is Hopkins split wide right with Sertan on him. Denver brings six. McCoy in the pocket, throws a ball that is too high and picked off. That's Justin Simmons. Simmons at the 35, heads to the west sideline. And Justin Simmons with the interception, his fourth of the season, his 25th of his career. And he heads down to the south end zone to celebrate with his teammates. By the way, he ties former Broncos safety Mike Harden for the third most interceptions by a Broncos player in his first seven seasons. All right, Broncos get the win yesterday against Arizona. It's Monday, the good, the bad, the ugly. What makes your list? Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Jim along with the Buckeye boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It was good for the Broncos to snap a five-game losing streak. It's good to see the defense play the way they did. But they're they're still four and ten. And the expectation was obviously much greater for this season than what it's been. Got the Christmas Day game against the Rams. Looks like Russ is probably going to play in that one. How important is a Buckeye for for Russell Wilson to play the rest of the season, these final three games? I think you and I have talked about it. We, I think it's a very little importance. Yeah, I, I think there's some people that feel like oh, he's got to play because you got to see if you know what happened in the Kansas City game. If that's you know that's Russ starting to figure some things out. But here's here's the thing though. Hackett's probably it's it. I don't know what the percentage would be. Is it ninety five percent that he's gone? 98% it's over that he's 75 gone. for sure. It's it's got to be yeah, in that 75 to 80 range. 80% that he's gone. And if he's gone, then who stays around? Who's who you know cuz usually you blow out a head coach, his staff's gone. His staff's most, most likely gone. See, and for me it's you you don't need him to play these games if Nathaniel Hackett's being fired because it'll be a brand new system next year and since deep into october there were people like oh see this is this is missing the playoff the preseason games this is why the broncos offense is so bad into october people were still were still saying that so if you really need to get this offense on track why don't you just wait until the next preseason if nathaniel hackett is coming back and then play Russ then when he's healthy and hopefully whoever your GM is, whether it's George Payton or somebody else, has beefed up the offensive line a little bit. Russell Wilson being ready to go against the Rams is great. That's all well and good. But the reason he was hurt in the first place is still going to be a factor in that game. And it's the bad offensive line. It is lack of depth on the offensive line. Insufficient NFL call caliber quality blockers of pass rushers ahead of him which the Broncos won't have so just hold right there's it's very it's very minor that he plays in these next three games I don't need my quarter of a billion dollar investment back there getting whacked around by defensive lines because the offensive line can't block anybody 
unless you get significantly better this week in the offensive line, which I doubt, then why? <laughs> I mean, why, why would you think all of a sudden this line is right. going to be that why much better? Why would you risk it just to maybe get some chemistry with wide receivers who aren't also going to be starting for this team next year because all of your starting wide receivers are hurt and hopefully back healthy again next year. There's maybe one guy on this team right now that played significant minutes offensively yesterday that Russell Wilson will play with next year. Maybe. Maybe one guy. A Tomlinson, a Dolchich, you know, kind of in that that realm, right? Offensive line, it's probably going to be entirely different from the five guys that played yesterday. Because you can't tell me that success is going to come with Cam Fleming, Billy Turner, Graham Glasgow, Dalton Reisner, and Luke Wattenberg. Because Brett Rippon got sacked seven times yesterday. Well, we've already seen what the Broncos, I think, how they feel about Reisner. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. And so... he's going to be gone. and, and, And so what does that tell you? That this this offensive line Sorry, is facing too. Jerry a, Judy yeah. was out there a lot yesterday too. Is is facing a major overall? It has to because if you're going if you're going to have a chance to win and and, and Russell, give Russell Wilson the best opportunity to be mm-hmm. successful at the, at the quarterback spot on this football team, it starts with the offensive line. Those guys are going to get Russell Wilson killed back there. They are figuratively, not literally. And then they got Brett Rippon sacked seven times yesterday. They still won, but there's no reason to run Russell Wilson out there. It's and like, if oh. Russ and if Russ plays, maybe he only mm-hmm. gets sacked four times, yeah. right, or five. Let's let's see what Russ can do with this ramshackle offense yeah. and a and a system he's not going to be in next year. Why? Why are we wasting time? You and and I, and I get he wants to play competitor. That's great. That's fantastic. But, I'd much rather him want to play than not. Right. But does it make sense for him to go out there, get even more beat up, to play in three football games no. that, let's be honest, are, are are relatively meaningless? The flight to L.A. is only like four hours, right? Three and a half hours from Denver. Yeah. Can, can only do so many high knees to get ready for the game. And on the way back and the whole thing, let's just... I just let, don't know if... 2023 I, on three. Ready? Break. That's what you need to do with Russ right now. There's I, I no just, reason. Yeah, to play I just him. don't know what what purpose it really serves at, at this juncture mm-hmm. for for him to to play. I, I other than people want to see him play. Well, look at all the money you're paying him. Well, so that that's money though that you're still going to pay him next season, right? And the following season, you've made through George Payton and the uh, ownership's decision. They're 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 betting on Wilson working out. And they saw where the salaries are going at the quarterback spot. And I understand why they did what they did. Why they wanted him to get inked now. Mm-hmm. And for me, the only the only drawback to sitting him the rest of the year is maybe the division it causes. Possibly. Justin Simmons, like, you make me run out there. Yeah, why, why, what, guys. You, why is Russ sitting? Why, you feel like he's more valuable than I am? Yes, and that and that could be that could be the maybe the only reason why you have him play is so it doesn't create a fracture in the mm-hmm. locker room of 
Well, hell, he's hell. He's he's he cleared protocol. We understand why yeah. he didn't play last week. We get that, but you're not going to play him the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 beat up. I, you know, and Justin Simmons has missed some time this year. He's been injured. That's the, the, there's a ton of guys in this team yeah, that are playing with injuries. That's the only drawback to me to where I'm like, you know what? Probably, probably would play him. But even that's not big enough for me to risk the long-term investment in health of Russ Wilson. Like, Sorry, Justin Simmons. And look, and they've invested a lot of money in Justin Simmons, but... It's it's different when we're talking about your quarterback who's now in his mid thirties mm-hmm. that you you have committed yourself financially to for him to be the leader of this football team. Yeah. And for him to go out and and get behind behind an offensive line that obviously cannot protect him. Is that a smart move? No. I, I just don't think it's a smart move at this point in time. And you'd hope that from a team chemistry standpoint, they could find a way to address that or it doesn't come off as he's more valuable than you. He's a guy that's in his mid-30s mm-hmm. that, have you have you seen our offensive line? Right. You you practice against some guys. And, Tell us to the defense. We do. You, would you want to run out there at quarterback trying to play behind the, I mean, you don't want to say that because... You know, it creates more more issues with guys that may still be on this team right. next year. And but. to me, that ship has kind of sailed already with, well, we don't want people to think that Russ is above the rest of the team. Well, well one g- gave player, him an that's exactly right. You already one player did. on the team has their own office. And the first thing, well, the, well not, not the first thing, but something I would address, whatever happens with the head coach and moving mm-hmm. forward, I go to Russ and say, Russ, we need you to be a leader on this football team. You are. You're yeah. a guy that leads. I think that's something that needs to go away. Mm-hmm. Because it's a bad it's it, it it creates a perception that we value more than others. And I know you don't want I know you don't want to be viewed that way. Even if none of the other players really care, perception wise, it's not a good look for the team. Yeah, not that that's something that they've got to focus on. It's so far down the list, it's not even funny. I don't think Justin Simmons walks into the building like, God, this guy. Wish I had my own office. Wish what? I had my own office. Wow. What am I not, doing here? It'd be nice to be him. Right. be nice to be that guy. But I, it, Justin Simmons probably But there's probably a guy on that team somewhere is like, why does he get his own office? Yeah. You it's, know there's somebody. just mathematics. There's always there's at least one cynic on the fifty three man roster of. Oh, and I bet you there's more than one. Oh, <laughs> there's more. There than has one. to be at least one. There's more than one, and I hope it's Draymond Jones. <laughs> that just seems like the guy, right? A little bit. Just doesn't doesn't seem like Draymond. They're, are they going to franchise him? I think they're almost going to have to do that in hopes of keeping him, of salvaging something long term mm-hmm. with him. <laughs> salvage something long term by forcing him to Mark, play by for forcing you next him year. to stay and things better turn around. Yeah. I know you're I know, not very happy with us. You're gonna play here next year. But I mean it's I mean, but then you hope that okay, you start talking about extensions and and you find a way for right to placate him and like, okay. And then they hopefully will be better in twenty twenty three. But I don't know. I mean that that to me, I mean, right he's now, the top five player on this team right now. Right now, I mean, that may be their only recourse here. That may be the only thing that they yeah. can do is hoping by franchising him, 
once he gets over being ticked off that he gets franchised mm-hmm. and wanted to go someplace else, that you find a way to convince him that it's it's going to work out. You and, sign him to a ludicrous offer sheet and get some <laughs> compensation in return. Exactly. That could happen, too. That could happen, too, yeah. Yeah. And the damage may already be done there, and it's not – there's no way to fix it. By the way, draft order right now, Broncos would pick 27th mm-hmm. in the first round. Well, if 4-10, and 10, how would they pick that low? <laughs> well, that's where Seattle's picking. Yeah, because Seattle is picking third right now Yeah, with the Broncos draft pick. Russell Wilson gave him one of their best draft picks ever. Yeah, Texans, Bears, Seahawks, Lions, Cardinals, Colts, Falcons, Panthers, Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia, the rich keep Thank getting richer. Thank you, Saints. Enjoy then, Chris Olave uh, in five and nine. And then the Raiders are uh, would pick 10th right now. All right, so 8-13. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. And uh, we'll play the number game coming up in a few minutes. But uh, right now, let's take a trip around the National Football League. We had Saturday NFL action. I know it was a doozy. Yeah. To open up the day. As the Indianapolis Colts squared off against the Minnesota Vikings, the Colts had a 33-0 lead at halftime. But Kirk Cousins had no idea that he was going to lead his team to the greatest comeback in NFL history. Frank Reich in Buffalo. Sorry. Sorry, Buffalo, Mark. Forget that. And that win against the Oilers. The Vikings scored 22 in the fourth. They they scored thir- 14 in the third as the, as the Colts only manage a field goal in the second half. They lose it in overtime 39-36. The greatest comeback in NFL history as the Vikings get the win on Saturday. Greg Joseph in his second year with Minnesota, tied for sixth in the NFL in scoring this year, has a chance to win it and put the Vikings in the history books. The kick will come from the right hash, 40 yards out. Joseph says he's ready. Here's the snap. Ball is down. The kick from Joseph is on the way, and it is good. And the Vikings win. The Minnesota Vikings cap off the largest comeback in NFL history. Westwood one, skull. Vikings score 39 points from eight minutes left to go in the third to the end of overtime. Kirk Cousins, 34-54, 464 touchdowns and two picks. Dalvin Cook, 17 carries, 95 yards. Justin Jefferson, 12 catches, 123 yards and a touchdown. K.J. Osborne, though, a huge game. 10 catches, 157 yards and a touchdown. Dalvin Cook also had a touchdown catch. For Matt Ryan, 182 and a touchdown. Zach Moss had 81 yards with Michael Pittman. 10 catches, 60 yards for the Colts. Vikings move to 11 and 3. The Colts are now 4-9 and 1. Going uh to one side of Lake Erie. We'll go to the other side here in a minute. One side of Lake Erie on Saturday. It's it's a little easier when Deshaun Watson plays like crap and you realize that anybody could be playing uh quarterback for this team and their defense, shockingly, and their special teams, which has been a disaster all year, is helping this team win. Jacoby Brissett has to be beside himself on the sidelines with I'll throw for 300 yards and the defense allows 15 points in the last few minutes to the Jets and then they go out and hold 
the Ravens to three points and score three touchdowns against the Texans. Browns win 13-3 over the Ravens. John Harbaugh falls to 25-6 and against the Browns. Yikes. So move on, to the, move on to the final game of Saturday's triple header. And that was the Buffalo Bills in the snow and the frigid temperatures at Orchard Park. Getting the win against division rival Miami. 32-29, the Bills kick a field goal at the gun to get the victory. Tie game, two seconds to go. Bills and Dolphins at 29. And we've got a 25-yard field goal attempt for Tyler Bass, kicking right to left to win the game. Snap, placement, kick is on the way, and it's good. And the Bills have qualified for the playoffs for the fourth consecutive year. It's a 32-29 win over the Miami Dolphins. That clip courtesy of Westwood One, Josh Allen for the Bills, 304 and four touchdowns. He also had 77 yards on the ground. Dawson Knox with six catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown to lead the Bills, who are now 11-3. and Tua Tonga Viola, 234 and a couple of touchdowns. Raheem Mostert had a big game on the ground, 17 carries, 136 yards. Jalen Waddle, three catches, 114, and a touchdown. Uh, Bills fans, come on, Bills fans, throwing the ice balls at uh, Mike McDaniel and the and the Dolphins on the sideline. And Mike McDaniel's afraid somebody's going to get hurt. Maybe somebody might get an eye put out. Sound like Christmas story there for a moment. Mm-hmm. But um, but the Dolphins, they are now 8-6 and six on the season after the Bills get the win and punch their ticket to the postseason. Moving to 13-1 and one on the year, the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts, it wasn't a great day throwing the ball. Yeah, he had 22 of 37, 315. He had a couple interceptions, didn't find the end zone, but he ran for three touchdowns in 61 yards. He's one touchdown shy of Cam Newton's NFL record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. He's also 250 yards and change shy of 1,000 rushing yards as a quarterback. As the Eagles sneak by the Bears 25-20, Chicago falls to 3-11. and All right, two NFC South teams going at it with New Orleans squaring off against Atlanta. Both teams are now 5-9 and nine on the seasons. The Saints get the victory 21-18. to 18. And uh, Andy Dalton, 151, a couple of touchdown passes. Taysom Hill had a touchdown pass as well. Desmond Ritter getting his first NFL start with the what's going on with Marcus Mariota thing. We're not yeah. sure. But Ritter gets a start, 13-26, 97 yards. Tyler Algier, 17 carries, 139 yards, and a touchdown for the Falcons as the New Orleans Saints keep themselves in the conversation to be a playoff team in the NFC. Speaking of conversation of playoff teams in the NFC, how about our scrappy Lions, Jim? Go Lions, go! How about our scrappy, fighting, knee-biter Dan Campbell? I've gone from being a Dan Campbell, oh, what what a... Jerk, right? What an idiot! What a so, doofus! Okay, I I'm kind of buying this you're, now. You're in on I'm, the line I'm in. now. Yeah, I am. Set up the scene for you. Two minute warning, fourth and a yard, right near midfield. They needed to get to the midfield stripe for a first down, trailing the Jets by a score of 17-13. Last week, it was the tackle eligible to uh, Panay Sewell. This week. It's a screen pass on fourth and one. Trying to keep this drive alive. 
Goff. Little pitch to right, big gain. Brock Wright is going to take it the distance. Touchdown, Lions. The Jets were completely fooled. You say that more than once about the Jets. <laughs> That's from CBS Sports, yes, by the CBS way. Yes, CBS Sports. 2017 winners. The Lions back to even on the season. Heads above water. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. All right. You had Pittsburgh taking on Carolina yesterday. Yeah, this game also happened. Yeah, this game also took place on Sunday. Pittsburgh now 6-8. and eight. They get the 24-16 win over Carolina. They're now 5-9. and nine. Mitchell Trubisky getting the start because Kenny Pickett out with a concussion. Trubisky, 17-22, 179. No touchdowns, no picks. Najee Harris had 86 yards and a touchdown on the ground for uh, the, the Steelers with Deontay Johnson, 10 catches and 98 yards. For Carolina, Sam Darnold, 225 and a touchdown. They managed just 21 yards on the ground. Yikes. The DJ Moore, five catches, 73 yards and a touchdown. Yikes. Steelers get the victory in a game that took place on Sunday. Hey, pretty much. <laughs> That's, That's all, all I had to say, say about, about that. The Dallas Cowboys, remember the late comeback against the Texans? They've had some pretty good offensive performances. Hey, they put up 34 points yesterday on the road. Yes, they did. But and lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars as the Jaguars score 27 points in the third and fourth quarter. Tie it up at 34 all. And then, hey, wouldn't you know it, the Cowboys, they have uh, horseshoes somewhere as they, uh, or take that back, Jaguars have horseshoes somewhere. Uh, They win the coin toss in overtime, right? They go down and punt. And then Dak Prescott takes the Cowboys' reins. Blitz coming. Prescott throws backwards and intercepted. Jenkins has Uh another one. Racing down the sidelines. Rayshon Jenkins is going to win it. NFL on Fox with the call there. A pick six by Dak Prescott has the Jags. The scrappy fighting Doug Petersons. They're at six and eight. They're not going to make the playoffs in the AFC, but they're still in contention. Trevor Lawrence continues to get better and better. Yeah, he was... Thanks uh, to Doug Peterson being there. 27 of 42, 318, four touchdowns. Snoop Connor had three rushing yards for Jackson. So Snoop the Chief, dog lost his WWE belt over the weekend, by the way. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Chiefs are into the AFC playoffs and also clinched the AFC West title. With their overtime win over Houston, the Scrappy Texans. Yeah. As the Chiefs win 30 to 24. Houston's now 112 and 1. Chiefs are 11 and 3. Patrick Mahomes, 336, a couple of touchdowns. Isaiah Pacheco had 86 yards on the ground. And as far as the Chiefs go, receiving wise, Travis Kelsey, who kind of lost his mind for a moment yesterday, mm-hmm. the play where he thought he was getting shoved down to the turf after making a big time catch in traffic. Kelsey, 10 catches, 105 yards yesterday as the. Uh, Texans were led by Davis Mills, 121 and a couple of touchdown passes. Remember Royce Freeman? Remember that guy with the Broncos, Royce Freeman? 11 carries, 51 yards for the Texans yesterday. Chris Moore had four catches for 42 yards, but it goes to overtime. The Chiefs get the win, 30 to 24, and once again, they are atop the AFC West. News that I'm not very happy to report. 
But congratulations to the Chiefs nonetheless. Also somewhat unsettling news out of the AFC West is Raiders are 6-8 and right now. Not for lack of trying. (laughs) They they went up on New England 17-3 at the half. New England comes back, storms back to take a lead late in this one. They led 24-17. About 30 seconds left. Keenan Cole scores. Long touchdown pass. 24 all. Go to overtime, right? No big deal. Yeah. Take a knee. Go to OT. That's not how the Patriots are going to do it. Now, on this play, there's a couple things that kind of go unnoticed. Not so much Chandler Jones stiff-arming Daniel Jones into the earth, which was hilarious. You mean Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Who'd I say? Daniel Jones. Uh, they're the brothers. so good that yeah. he stiff-armed the guy playing in an entirely he, different part of the country. He stiff-armed Mac Jones so hard, <laughs> Daniel Jones Daniel Jones down. felt it. Anyway, but earlier in that play, Ramondre Stevenson gave a stiff arm to Chandler Jones. The only reason he was back there is because he got planted at the front end of this play of what the hell were the Patriots doing? Mac Hollins out on defense. He's all the way back. And Stevenson is inside the 30, flips it back. Stanford band nowhere in sight. Uh-oh. It's picked off. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Incredible. Chandler Jones takes it in and wins the game for the Raiders. Have you ever seen an ending like that? I have never seen anything like that. I have no idea why he was doing that. Oh, my goodness. Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma on Shades of the Miracle, the Meadowlands. A little bit. And I love early on because Ramondre Stevenson just is kind of running wild and free. 72 yards for him. But Vilma's like, anybody going to tackle him? Anybody? Anybody? And then he kind of flips it back and then, oh, man. But Jacoby Myers, the guy that ends up flipping it backwards, right? Yeah, he threw it. He, he tried threw to throw it, it to Daniel, Chandler, or Mac Jones, rather. Yeah, and Chandler Jones picks it off and <laughs> takes it back for the game-winning <laughs> well, touchdown. Yeah, it was not, not great. By the Patriots there. No. And they lose 30 to 24 on a uh, wild walk-off, which is probably third on the weekend of just craziness. Insane, insane NFL action from the weekend. All right, the Los Angeles Chargers are still very much in the playoff conversation at eight and six. They get a win against Tennessee, 17 to 14. The Titans are now seven and seven. Justin Herbert threw two picks. He threw for 313. Austin Eckler had a touchdown on the ground, 58 yards. And from a receiving standpoint, Keenan Allen had eight catches, 86 yards. Ryan Tannehill, 165, threw a pick. Malik Willis came on to go three of four for 20 yards. And then Derrick Henry, 104 yards and a touchdown. But for the most part, let's face it, the Charger defense did a good job of slowing down Derrick Henry. He had 104 yards. They were able to get the turnover against Tannehill. Charger defense responds and keeps them in the playoff picture at 8-6 and six with the 17-14 victory yesterday as they, they get the uh, the field goal from Cameron Dicker, the kicker, yeah, to give them the victory yesterday. Still a great name. Down in Tampa Bay, there were a lot of confused folks. Yes, there were. A lot of conflicted folks across the country even with their hatred of Tom Brady but also hating Joe Burrow. 
don't really know how to feel about Joe Burrow coming back from a 17-zip hole to Tampa Brady and beating the Bucks 34-23. Like, I kind of tuned out a little bit at 17-0. I'm like, ah, all right. Yeah. Eh, gonna, they'll make it close, but they came back. They scored four straight touchdowns. They led 34-17 at the two-minute warning. And then Tampa Bay with the garbage time touchdown. Bengals 34-23 winners. Joe Burrow 27-39, 200 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Tommy 30-44, 3-12, 3-2. As the Bucks fall to 6-8, and eight, the Bengals 10-4, good buddy. And then your Sunday night game. Two NFC East rivals squaring off the Giants and Washington. Daniel Jones and company get the win, 20 to 12 over Taylor Heineke and the Commanders. Giants are now 8-5 and 1, Commanders are 7-6 and 1, Jones 160 no touchdowns, no picks. Saquon Barkley 87 yards and a touchdown with Richie James. Oh, of course. The legendary Richie James, the four catches 42 yards to lead the Giants last night. Taylor Heineke 249 and a touchdown. Ryan Robinson 89 yards on the ground with a Jahan Dotson four catches 105 yards and a touchdown. So the Giants continue their push toward the playoffs. Of course, you have Monday Night Football tonight. The Rams and the mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers pregame at 5.30 here on the team. So here's what it looks like right now in terms of the playoff picture. We'll start at the AFC. Bills and Chiefs, they have clinched. They're already in. They yep. have, Bills clinch a playoff spot, not a division title yet. Chiefs have clinched the AFC West. So right now you have Cincinnati, 10-4. and They're first in the AFC North. The Titans are at 7-7. Seven seven. They lead the AFC South. Baltimore at 9-5. They're second in the AFC North. Chargers are 8-6, second in the AFC West. The Dolphins would be your last team in right now at 8-6. And, and right at right on their heels, the Patriots at 7-7. Seven seven. The Jets at 7-7. Seven seven. Jacksonville, you're saying there's still a chance. Jacksonville at 6-8. The Raiders at 6-8. The Browns at 6-8. The Steelers at 6-8. And the Colts are still in the conversation at 4-9-1. Go to the NFC. Eagles have clinched a playoff spot. They lead the NFC East at 13-1. Vikings won the NFC North with the win on Saturday against the Colts. They're now 11-3. Niners won the NFC West with their 10-4 record. Cowboys clinch a playoff spot. They're at 10-4. So those are your... Those teams have clinched playoff spots. Lots of teams in the hunt and on the bubble. Buccaneers at 6-8. and eight. They lead the NFC South. The Giants are 8-5-1. They're third in the NFC East. The Commanders are 7-6-1. and one. So those teams are right now in the hunt and on the bubble. The Seahawks at 7-7. Seven and seven. The Lions at 7-7. Seven and seven. Packers 5-8. Carolina Panthers 5-9. Saints 5-9. Falcons 5 and 9, Rams 4 and 9. Those teams are still in. So, your teams that have been eliminated from consideration <laughs> my Broncos, the team they beat yesterday, Arizona, Chicago, and Houston. Yeah. Uh, if the Commanders don't make the playoffs, they have a bone to pick with the NFL from last night. Because they had Terry McLaurin do the check with the official. Right. Am I close enough? And. Apparently got to go ahead and then flagged for illegal formation. Mm. And then on fourth down, the dude was on Jahan Dotson like a backpack and was not called <laughs> pass interference, and they lose by eight. 
tough loss to the Commanders last yeah, night. Like it couldn't happen to a nicer owner, right? Yeah. Like, but there's some dudes on that team that are I kind of like McLaurin, yeah, Curtis Samuel, Taylor Heineke. Yeah. You know, but it's like I like I, I like Ron Rivera. Yeah. All right. Riverboat Ron is yeah they they got screwed a little bit last night. All right, eight thirty two, and it's time to play the number game. Let's play the number game on the Jim Davis Show. Yes, as always, first correct answer on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team text line, 970-242-1340. Gets a case of Coors Banquet, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. The answer is always a number. So if you text me like Jay Schrader or whatever, you're going to be wrong. As a Minnesota Viking, I played in the NFL's first regular season game played on Christmas Day. As a Bronco, I kicked in back-to-back Super Bowls. What jersey number did I wear for the Broncos? All right. So first correct answer, text it in, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. If you've won the last two weeks, please sit it out. And if you're not 21 or older, do the same. Please sit it out. All right, text your answer in right now. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Coming up. We'll have our Browns cremation and funeral service. Good call, bad call. Prep stars, mighty maps, and we have a lot of text. Lots of text to get to. Your thoughts on the Broncos getting the win yesterday? Should Russ play the final three games? Uh, we're also going to dive into, I think, next hour, where things are right now with Coach Prime and the Buffs in terms of, of recruiting right now. Because now his focus is completely, totally mm-hmm. on recruiting for Colorado. So we'll get into that coming up next hour. But lots to get to this hour. Text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Um, you're not Santa. You're a mall Santa. Christmas comes early with Big Bowl matchups on the Team Sports Network. Welcome back. Jim and the Buckeye Boy, the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. That is so true. We have bowl action today, the Myrtle Beach mm-hmm. Bowl. Marshall against uh, Jim Mora, Jr. A playoffs? No, bowl game. UConn, Marshall today at 1230. And of course, we'll have Monday Night Football tonight. The Rams taking on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, let's jump into some text this morning. We got one from Robert this morning. It's good, bad, the ugly from Robert today. Happy holidays, Robert. Okay. The good, Broncos win. Yeah, let's ride. The bad, the no call in the last play of the Giants-Commanders game. The ugly, Chase Young, football player, malinger. I suffered a similar injury, if not worse, when I was his age. Ten months later, I was in the U.S. Army going through basic training and working that knee like crazy. No brag, just fact. Please do not tell me that football training is harder than basic training because it simply isn't. You know, Robert, I, 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 I'm not gonna. I don't think you should compare what you went through with what Chase Young goes through in terms of how you healed, what maybe setbacks Chase Young has had through his rehab. I don't. Know, I just. I'm glad you recovered, and there's no doubt. Basic training in the military is extremely tough. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit harder than football. Yeah. 
I don't know if anybody's argued that fact. Yeah, but I, I'm just you know I don't I don't I don't know what Chase Young's going through in terms of his rehab. He may have had a setback that we're not aware of. I don't I don't think he's. I've never got the impression that he's the kind of guy that doesn't want to be on a football field. Whether he's playing for your yeah. Buckeyes or playing for for the Commanders, I don't get that vibe from him. So I mean, and I'm, how are we to know they're similar injuries too? Yeah, so. yeah, we don't. Yeah, exactly. Is your injury exactly what happened to him? I don't know. I don't I just, know. If you want to call him soft, call him soft. We don't need two pages of text messages with the. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe this and that. Just yeah, say you I, think uh, he's soft. And okay. Go with the, Go from there. Mike in Scottsdale this morning. Good morning, muchachos. The Broncos team has serious roster flaws. So Peyton's as responsible as Coach Hack is and also has to go. They don't have any draft capital left, and they're stuck riding with Russ's contract. I was watching the Cardinals postgame show on their flagship network last night, and the host is actually telling fans to not show up next week like the Broncos fans did this week. I guess that channel might want to get out of their agreement with the cards. Yo, why would you do that? Why would you tell fans not to show up? And if you're on the flagship... Do you want to get? I guess maybe they don't want the like Mike was saying. They don't want the relationship to continue. Well, why, why? I think, but this is the this is the Dick Momfort thing, right? This team is bad. They're twenty games under five hundred, but we still have forty thousand in the park every night. How bad can it be? Yeah, right. The only way you're going to show your displeasure is by not showing up. So I understand it to us to us. But if I'm working for point. the network. Do I not want my job? <laughs> do I do I want to say don't show up? If if I'm if I'm working for the team, I don't want them to go out there and advocate them not showing up. Yeah, on I, our media partner, that's a huge problem for me. Yeah. from the team side of it. But I, I get I get where the person is coming from. Right with the the only way you're going to show displeasure to the Bidwells of how this is going is if they look out at a 3 and 11 football team and see an empty house or and 4 that's and 10 fine. or whatever. And if I'm working for just a a sports station in, in Phoenix. Independent? Yes. But no, if I'm, I'm I'm totally with you there. But if I I may privately think, yeah, boy, it'd be be nice if some people wouldn't show up just to make a point here, but I'm not going to go on the air and say that. Right. No, I'm, I'm I just with you. when when it's the media partner, that's a problem. That's a, that's that's a bad look. Even if maybe there's some truth to it, you want to express yeah. your displeasure. I, I can't imagine Mike coming on here and going, "Yeah, don't don't show up to the final home game. <laughs> don't don't show up to that Chargers yeah. game. Sit it out, Broncos fans." Mike would never say that. I'm not going to say that. I think we think we know. People are unhappy. Eighteen thousand mm-hmm. people didn't show up yesterday. I think we. I think we've. It's been established. Broncos country's not very happy. Yeah. I don't think they need any encouragement to not show up. I found better things to do yesterday <laughs> than watch the Broncos. I went to a six-year-old birthday party for a girl that was in our wedding instead of watch the Broncos yesterday. Larry from Clifton with a good one today. I know why it's so cold. Broncos won a game as a team. Honestly, think hell froze over for one day. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little cold. Yeah, wait. Denver made adjustments at halftime as well. Yeah, they did. Hey, better late than never, right? It's almost Christmas. Let's start making halftime adjustments. Ken wants our thoughts on the World Cup. It's over. Here you go, Ken. 
Congratulations, Argentina. Is that, is that rude is of it, me? It was an exciting match that I watched the highlights of, and that's it. I'm yeah. sorry, Ken. I, I, I don't... Thank God the discussion's over. Messi's better than Ronaldo. Let's move on. Messi's really good. I just he's he's one of the all time greats. I, I I just I don't want to be mean. I just how do I how do I say this nicely, Buckeye? I just you don't do not care. I just don't care. Yeah, I I don't. The U.S. is playing. I would care to a degree. A. I, minor segment of a fraction more. I'm just, I'm sorry, Ken. I'm Maybe I'm bitterly disappointing you. It was a great match. I said, watch the highlights of it. You don't get it and you never will. I just, I'm just never been into the World Cup. I'm just, I'm just not. I pay attention when the U.S. plays. Maybe that's being the. Yeah, I don't. But I mean, but I mean, I know what's going on and who's doing what and i know but like I sit there and, within a 48 hour I don't, window i don't sit there and watch the entire match mm-hmm. but i at least have a rough idea what's going on i try to yeah i try about I, eight 12 years ago those two world cup i tried to really really get into it right and then i'm just i just you know what it there's too much going on i want to care it's on a some level down the list. i would like to care because i like to feel like i'm more of a renaissance guy and and when I try, I just end up sitting there going, why why am I not watching something else here? <laughs> why am I doing this? I'd much rather, much rather watch like A's Royals. Yeah, I, than the World Cup. Game. I'm just I'm just not a big soccer guy. It doesn't mean that I don't appreciate the sport and and the talent that it takes and that that level and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I've started to watch the Welcome to Wrexham thing a little bit. Because it's home country, it's it's yeah. Wales, home country for me. And but I but if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't wouldn't right. care. I, I just I like I, both of those guys too, McElhaney and Reynolds. Yeah, I still haven't yet turned that. They're good on dudes. Yet. I've watched like part of the first episode. I've it watched seems like, really cool, but I just don't care. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I can't I can't watch I can't watch Ted Lasso enough to make me care. Okay. Yeah. Because that's like, oh, it's the thing that's changed a lot of people's minds. It's a great show. Really talented people. Jason Sudeikis that is great. Really doesn't make us look it, good as a country. I'm, I'm just. Why do you watch soccer, Ted Lasso? Yeah, but that's the reason really? I watch. Okay. I, I respect the sport. I just the World Cup level. I just don't care. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. Okay. Eight forty six. Now, NFL, college yeah. football. I'm, is finishing up bowl season. College basketball is ramping up. Avs. Avs, Nuggets. There's just Coach Prime. I Coach mean, there's Prime, Hot Stove, and, you know, it's like silly season for NASCAR. It's, and you got the Mammoth. And all the local up. stuff we've got going yeah. on. Great local high school and CMU teams to cover. Yeah. I just. Uh, and then they're playing soccer on an island in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> just. And you know, with okay. built built with people who you know on the backs of people that have who don't died. get to watch the games anymore. Yeah, who've who've died building those yeah. stadiums in Qatar. Uh let's see. Sorry, Ken, but like, probably, and, probably wasn't what you're looking for there. But also for me, it wasn't some political boycott of I'm not going to watch this. Because no, it was just I just don't care. I'm just same here. Just just don't care. Sorry, Ken.
Uh, Steve Wattenberg looks like he's backwards couple skating every pass play. Yes, he does. Yeah. Great pick by Justin Simmons, but it seemed awful easy, awfully easy to tackle him. Why not go for six? I don't know. Good question. Hey, you didn't need it. The black sheep is back. Oh, okay. Black sheep. Good. Broncos win. Bad. Broncos winning at the end of the season. Ugly. Watching the Patriots lose like they did. Yeah. Jared, good morning, guys. What do you think that that NFL referees are going to start being held accountable for the terrible, horrible, awful job that they do? As soon as somebody loses a big enough bet to where gambling partners are going to tell the NFL, you need to get this straightened out. Yeah, they're they're not going to do mm-hmm. much more than what they're doing right now. All right, we got to move along here because we'll have uh, Prep Stars and Mighty Maps. Yep. We have a winner for the number game. Okay. If you want to and now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. So I was looking for the jersey number of a player who kicked in back-to-back Super Bowls for the Broncos, also played in the NFL's first regular season game, played on Christmas Day as a Minnesota Viking. That is not Jason Elam's number one. Guru Gary nailing the only one with number three for Rich Carlos. The barefoot wonder, Yes, Rich Carlos. Uh, got his card. Super nice guy, by yeah. the way. Super and nice man. And the Clarence K card in the McDonald's value meals back as a kid. Remember those? Yeah, because a bunch yeah. of those guys came over here, and Ron Egloff, among others, and I re- read where Ron Egloff is donating his, his brain mm-hmm. uh, for, for studies moving forward. My mom's favorite player, Ron yeah. Egloff. One of my childhood favorites as well. But uh, those guys were all over here for the, it was like the sheriff's posse. It was like a fundraiser basketball game that they had. Mm-hmm. Egloff tackled me. Bill and I played in that, and Egloff ran to the floor and tackled me. Fortunately, I was okay. Yeah. But I could say I got tackled by Ron Egloff, yeah, which, which was, was kind of cool. Over here for that, got that autograph from my mom. Yep. Very good. All right. We will take a break. We'll come back. Prep stars and Mighty Mavs and a good call, bad call coming up next on The Jim Davis Show. Best wishes for a happy holiday season from the Team Sports Network. Welcome back, Jim and the Buckeye Boy, the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. And it's time for a Browns cremation and funeral service. Good call, bad call. It's always a good call to contact Browns about your funeral preparations. A bad call to let that fall into the lap of your loved ones after you pass. Give them a call today, Browns Cremation and Funeral Service. Was that a good call, or did they totally blow it? It's good call or bad call. All right. Mac Minahan plays linebacker for the Colorado School of Mines Ore Diggers. They played Ferris State in the national championship game on Saturday. He took to Twitter to show his picture on game day. Mac Minahan with the half-beard mustache. Half his face clean-shaven, half of it with the beard and the mustache. Good call or bad call there. I, Sorry, Mac. Did it help? No, it's, it's a bad, bad call. call. Yeah. Because they lost to Ferris State, 41-14. Uh, in the Fenway Bowl, which was played between neighbors, Louisville and Cincinnati, they used the same sideline. Gimmicky? That's a good call. It's gimmicky. Yeah, it is. There was room. It's gimmicky. I agree. All right, so we move on to our prep stars today. It's time to let the stars shine. All right, go back to the Warrior Classic from this last weekend. Central 113-pounder J.P. Espinoza 
did not even place at the Warrior last year. This time, he's a Warrior champion. Congratulations to him. That's my male prep star, female prep star, Fruit of Monument basketball player, Addison Ayer. 17 points in uh, their final game. They, they lost in the, the championship game with the Palisade Winter Classic. But uh, she was named to the all-tournament team at the Winter Classic. So the Wildcats, Addison Ayer, my female selection for my prep star. Uh, my male selection is Caleb Ferguson, Montrose sophomore, 29-10, and 92-87. They lost to Kent Denver. You put up 87 points in a high school basketball game. You should win. They lost 97-80. 92-87 did Montrose. Boys, on the girls' side, Christina Manzanares for Central. Season-high 21 points in their win over Palisade on Saturday. All right, we move on to Mighty Mavs. The best of CMU sports. It's Mighty Mavs on the Jim Davis Show. Got to go with Trevor Baskin. Double-double, 15 points, 10 rebounds, and the Maverick win over Adams State on Saturday. Maverick women's wrestling team, 155-pounder Ainsley Hester, picks up a couple of wins at the Desert Duel in Las Vegas. Uh, For my women, I'm going to the Desert Duel. They kicked butt in Vegas. 20 pins in 45 bouts across six duels. They won them all. Samantha Vasquez, three pins over the weekend. Five others with two, including Hester, who you mentioned on the men's side. Ryan Wheeler, also a wrestler, third place and the most pins tournament award at the Midwest Classic over the weekend. Congratulations to both of them. All right. So those are our prep stars and Mighty Mavs today. Coming up next hour, we'll uh, have more Broncos talk for you. Uh, interview with Latavius Murray after the game. Also have a uh, recap of the prep weekend because it was a busy weekend with the the uh, Warrior Classic Wrestling Tournament. Uh, the District 51 Phoenix Wrestling Team, they were in action as well. Likewise, with the Palisade Winter Classic Basketball Tournament going on. So we'll dive into that coming up next hour. And list on what Coach Prime's doing in terms of recruiting for Colorado. That and more, plus your phone calls and texts. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340.